For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Tennessee Football. I'm your host, as always, Kyle Curbison bacon coming off a good win versus tennessee tech uh saw some good things from the offense and defense some things need to improve on uh so we talk about that we talk about some crazy games throughout the sec uh horrible officiating that has happened over this past week and what this florida game is going to look like what can we do to really compete with florida down in the swamp I also share a little bit of tidbits of my time playing and my luck versus Florida. So really fun podcast, really great conversation. Uh, let's jump into it. Tie the game. Snap. The kick is in the air, and the kick this time is no, sir, Reed. No, sir, Reed. Final score. Tennessee 20. Florida 17, pandemonium reigns. Looks, loads up, fires long for the end zone. The pass is going to be caught on Tennessee. Tennessee wins! by Tennessee to one Jennings. Jennings makes the catch in the end zone on the Hail Mary. Down at the 35, to the 40, to the 45, to the 50, to the 45, to the 40, to the 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. What did he do? All he did was score. Joey Kent, touchdown on play number one. So before we get into the podcast, got to shout out our number one sponsor, betonline.ag. I say it every week, but that's the place to go to bet on anything. Now that the you know NFL season has started, college football has started, everything is even more exciting when you bet. So you're looking for the place with the best odds, stats, lines, bet online is the place to go. Um, you know, go to betonline.ag now or use your mobile device and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So it's the place to go. I mean, you can't get better than that 50% welcome bonus. Um, so before the next big game, go to betonline.ag, sign up today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, got to shout out a new sponsor, uh, Balance Seven. So it is a, a pH balancing alkaline supplement that you know just helps boost you earn your energy, helps keep you hydrated, all that kind of stuff. It's uh, you know something that you can really use when you're working out, when you're trying to get healthy. Um, so. 
it's perfect. It's awesome. Uh, so cool thing is we've got a promotion running with balance seven right now, where if you go to their website, balance seven.com and use a code believe B L E A V at checkout, you'll receive a free four ounce bottle of my smooth skin with any purchase of balance seven products. Uh, that product retails for $13.99, so I'd say it's worth it. Uh, again, head to balance7.com and use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout and get in on the promotion. I know I will. Welcome in, everyone. Uh, excited to talk about another victory for the Vols in the Josh Heupel era. Um, Reed, how we doing, bud? How was your weekend? I know you had some moving to do. Let's go, boys. First off, okay, so I'm going to talk for you folks that don't like me talking a lot. This is the podcast <laughs> because, because I'm about to talk a good amount right now. And then after that, you're doing a lot more talking. First off, it's Florida week. Let's go, boys. Let's go. I'm juice. Put me on kickoff. Heifel. All right. All right. Second off, I'm so juiced this week because the Titans were recording this Sunday night. Titans just won. Massive game massive game just real quick for you titans fans out there first off now we're one and one instead of zero and two indianapolis colts coming to nissan stadium next week we win that we're two and one we're out they're zero and three we're looking good for our division spot in the playoffs um big weekend for me um some personal stuff i sold my house i i loved my first house um loved it to death but i sold it and uh was trying to um, be smart for the future. And so, um, I sold it to make as much money as I could. And now I'm back living at my parents' house. (laughs) (laughs) You're a loser at all, bud. Don't worry. Yeah. Just a, just a nice 30 year old living with the the parents. So no, it was, uh, it was a crazy weekend because it was just moving and I did not get to watch as much football. This is the first time I haven't watched the UT game live and then rewatched it. So I haven't got to watch it twice. Um, but uh, and I didn't get to watch as as much of Bama and Florida as I would have liked. But you know what? Thirty year old living back at home, Titans won, Florida week. You know, hey, it's can't it's, get much better than that. No, it can't get much better than that. <laughs> That's right. So, well, <laughs> I'm glad you at least got to watch it once. I'm glad that you you know made some money on your house. Um, I'm with you when you say fired up about Florida. Bar none, this is the one team that I wanted to beat the most. This is the one team that I hate the most. I, you know, I know some people say Bama, but this is the top. I I hate Florida with a passion. And it's actually funny because my wife had to get a master's of tax law and she had to get it from the University of Florida. So I lived down in Gainesville for about nine months with my wife. And, uh, you know, every time I saw that, that orange and blue, I want to throw up, but we're here now, another opportunity to beat Florida now, obviously coming off a huge win and we'll get into that. But first let's talk about, uh, Tennessee beating Tennessee tech, uh, their offense, their defense, what we saw, um, and, and how Heupel is looking for us moving forward. Now, I want to start offensively. Big thing, you know, Joe not playing, Hendon getting the start, and him playing. This was this was Hendon's opportunity, even though it is 
a lesser opponent to show what he could do and possibly take the spot from Joe. You know, best ability is availability. And if Joe's not there, then this was Hendon's chance. Now, I thought Hendon did some really good things. I thought he hit good deep balls, which Joe can't do. I thought he ran the ball really well, which, like, Joe can, but not as good as Hendon. But the fumbles concern me. Um, His love of spinning, for some reason, concerns me. Like, I remember being in college and our running back coach telling the running backs, Coach Gillespie, that never spin in the open field. Like, don't spin out there because when you do, you lose sight of everyone. You're turned all the way around. You lose sight of everyone. You can get nailed and have no idea what's about to happen, and a fumble occurs. And on his fumble, the guy didn't even touch the ball. They said on the broadcast, like, oh, his helmet hit the ball. I I rewatched it. He didn't touch it. It was literally – the torque momentum of Hendon spinning that made it fly out. So just those little things I think can be corrected, but I mean, the way Hendon looked and I know it's against, you know, worse opponents. I mean, I feel like he's a better shot for us than Joe is honestly. Cause I mean, we've shown, we've talked about it, the concerns with Joe this first two weeks and, you know, overthrowing the ball and not necessarily, you know, hitting his targets. And it's like, I mean, if Hendon can run this offense like he did last week, then I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with um, – I don't have a problem with either of them uh, going down to, to Gainesville. Um, real quick about some of the stuff that you just said, I, I, <laughs> I do think it's hilarious about Breanne, your wife, going down there. And I remember talking to you and – I was like, it was just so funny you living in Gainesville and us talking about that. And you're not just saying that either because it's um, Florida week. Like, you've always hated them the most. You've always said that they were the dirtiest and just talked the most junk and just, like, lame. And um, growing up, for me, it was always Florida. My first game I ever went to was the 1998 Florida, where they – literally my first game ever, where they uh, where they missed the field goal. Everybody rushed the field, and it was incredible. I'll remember that forever. I went with my dad. Um, but it was funny because as I was a little bit younger, we always beat Bama. So when I was growing up, it was like Bama wasn't that big of a game. It was always the Florida game. And then I guess my sophomore year, junior year of, of high school, when they get saving, it goes from, well, Alabama doesn't really matter because we beat them. And now it doesn't really matter because we're not going to beat them. So for me, it's still always been Florida. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so this is a huge week. Before we get into or we'll dive into Tennessee Tech, I'm telling you right now, um, I have a feeling we're going to play really well down there. I don't think we're going to win the game, unfortunately, but I do think it's going to be a – I really think it's going to be a fourth-quarter game. I just – So, I bet, so week, bet Tennessee on the spread. It's set at like 20 and a half points right now. So I have not looked at the spread yet. So that's – I was going to ask if you had. So it's 20, 20 and a half. Yes, make sure you use betonline.ag uh, to do that. Yeah. They are a sponsor for us. But, yes, it's like <laughs> 20 and a half right now. And okay. I, I saw that and immediately was like, I'm taking Tennessee. I think this is going to be a way closer game than that. So, I never bet usually on the Vols or the Titans because those are my two teams. Surprisingly, I bet well on the Titans today. Um, and then – I would probably take Tennessee catching 20 because because I think I think it's going to be a fourth quarter game and I would see us back door in that 20. But for some reason, just 
I didn't really love, and we'll, like I said, we'll get into how I felt about Tennessee Tech. I didn't necessarily love what I saw against Tennessee Tech, and I was very, very impressed with Florida, what Florida did against Bama. But just something about it, we didn't care about that Tennessee Tech game. It's like, as a player, you're just out there, and you're still enjoying it, but you're not juiced. It's not a, it's not a night game. It's not an SEC game. You're not just to your competitive peak. And then they're coming off of a game against Florida. I mean, against Bama where they honestly had a chance to win the game. And so it's like, I think it's the perfect storm for Tennessee. My number one thing I'm so, so worried about is the offensive line play. Um, And I will take that into what I saw from Tennessee tech. And then we'll let, you know, we'll let you go. Yeah. I, this, this Tennessee Tech game was a really weird game for me because it was like I, I felt like offensive, offensive line-wise, we should have absolutely done anything and everything we wanted. And their D-line was so small and just real small, fast guys. And your boy Spraggins got whipped again a couple times, at least once that I saw for sure, where mm-hmm. a guy with good hands and speed went right around him. And this Tennessee Tech guy looks literally like a 200 and – 50 pound D lineman. And so that made me really nervous. I'm like, if Tennessee tech can get back there or they can, some of their linebackers can shoot some of these gaps. I'm like, what is Florida going to do? And once again, I'm not trying to overreact because I just told the the listeners and the fans that I do think it's going to be a game. And I think down in Florida next week, there's going to be a lot of negative plays, but I think we're going to, it's going to be a very like, oh, my gosh, oh, yes, oh, my gosh, oh, yes, because I think we're going to get tackled for a two-yard loss, and then it's going to be a low snap, and Hendon's going to pick it up and run for 18 yards. It's just going to be a wild game like that is what I feel like, but I just didn't like to see – I did not like what I saw from the offensive line. With Hendon, I mean, I think him and Joe were honestly about the same. I mean, Hendon still had a couple deep balls that he missed. Um, He did have a nice one to Javante Payton that Javante Payton dropped. Yeah, I wouldn't say that Hinden missed the balls like Joe was. Not as not as many. Yeah, but he still but he still had a miss to Cedric Tillman. He still had a um, a miss to Javante Payton, and on that Javante Payton deep post that Javante Payton still had a chance to catch, and the Tennessee Tech guy made a really nice play. He should have thrown it more out. So, I mean, Hinden still missed you know, a couple ones that he shouldn't have. Um, he did have that very nice throw in the corner of the end zone to, to mm-hmm. Peyton early in, and that was a great throw and catch. Yeah. Um, I mean, it definitely but, looks like Peyton and him are running routes, like, together. I guess Peyton's been going with the twos a lot because it looks like they're, you know, two peas in a pod. It, I did feel like I saw three a lot when I was – no offense to him, but I would rather see Velas Jones. I want to see Callaway. Um I feel like Peyton's more of a possession type guy. I, I think he's still or, – or a jump ball in the corner of the end zone type guy. Mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily think he's a deep ball goer. But, hey, it's okay. I trust all those guys. So, um, I thought the running backs play, played pretty well. Did you see Tyon Evans, like, body that guy at the – in the uh, when we scored a touchdown, it was a read option – or, uh, yeah, read option and Hendon kept it. And the Tennessee Tech guy was tackling uh, Tyon Evans. And it was, like he got, it. it was like he got pissed about it and takes the guy down. And it looks like he was about to start throwing punches. <laughs> and uh, and Darnell Wright like came over and like grabbed him. It was it was like little Mighty Mouse getting pissed. But he he was that boy's got some fire about him. But um, yeah, offensively, I just 
I'm really excited to hear what you think about the offensive line play. And we won the game big, but I, I wasn't super impressed. And I'm just hoping it was just because it's Tennessee Tech at noon before we play Florida. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that has to go into it. Um, I mean, my senior year, we played North Texas, one of our like later games, and we won 24 to nothing. But it was like, hey, you're supposed to win, you know, 50 to nothing. But I mean, it, it it's just different. Like we had some guys that were like a little banged up, so we didn't play them. Um, and it was never a doubt that we were going to win that game. So it just kind of seems like what's the point of scoring a bunch of like as long as we win, we win. So I mean, I think that plays into it. But I do agree that the offensive line needs to play better. I literally wrote down that Spragans and Kingston did not play well at all, both of our guards. I mean, there was plays Kingston went the opposite way that he's supposed to. And I mean, there's a reason why he didn't start to begin the year. Um, but I mean, that stuff has to step up because Florida is always, their defense is always known as having good D linemen and good corners. And that's what they have. That's what they always have. That's what they, that's their bread and butter. They can rush with four and they can cover man coverage. That that's what Florida is. So I was disappointed in that. Um, you know, Spragans was my guy to watch on offense and I watched him and again, not where he needs to be, did not perform up to where I expect him to. Uh, I think he overshoots sometimes, um, especially in pass pro, just, you know, sit back, relax, don't always, you know, try and go for the knockout punch when you're, when you're, you know, striking a guy. Uh, sometimes it's faking the guy out and then grabbing a hold of him. So, yeah, I was disappointed then. Offensively overall, I still liked it. I, You know, I mean, he did – like, we didn't even use some of the plays we used versus Pitt. So, I think it's like it was a little more simple. I think Hinden made the right decisions of, hey, I'm going to pop this ball out on this RPO because we have numbers, or I'm going to hand it off. I wish we ran it. How uh, – let me ask you this real quick. I love the Jacob Warren – uh, take one step down like he was blocking. They sold out, and then it was the little pop pass. You know how happy I would have been on if that was the play we ran on fourth and one against Pitt because Pitt was selling out so hard. Yeah. Um, that that was play was good, but yes, I agree with you that I thought everything was still pretty vanilla this mm -hmm. week, and um, I don't know. Some of our read options still worry me a little bit. I don't know. Did you get that feeling? Well, I mean, I kind of got that feeling with the fumble on the center or on the exchange. Right, um, which that, that should just never happen. Uh, it just it, sh happen. it shouldn't happen. I do think it was a little bit of uh, Evan's fault. I think running backs are taught um, just to have an open pocket and you're not grabbing for the ball. You're The quarterback's putting it right. in your gut. So you just have an open pocket. I felt like watching it back that he – like closed down on the ball and that caused the, the, the fumble. Obviously that can't happen. We need to practice that more. That needs to be just repped and repped and repped at practice needs, needs to. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was, I thought it was vanilla. I was disappointed in our run game, just, just running back run game. I thought Hinda did a very good job in the draws Um in the pools that he did have, but I, I wanted to see more out of our running backs 
and not necessarily – it's not them. I'm just saying, like, overall, because I thought the offensive line struggled to where see, there that's wasn't – I was about. I thought – There wasn't those backs. holes for the running backs. But, like, there that's what go. I wanted to see was a running yeah. game with the running backs. Um, but, that's I mean, that- overall, I feel – I still feel good about the offense. And I still feel like Heupel knows what he's doing and knows how to scheme around things. And we'll get into, you know, what we saw out of Florida and what Heupel can do to take advantage of that. But, I, you know, I still like it. Um, I, you know, big, big thing is Bailey got a chance to play at the end. And, you know, everyone was so concerned about Bailey playing this game. You know, hey, why don't we have Bailey in there? Hey, why don't we have Bailey in there? Get him in there. Get him in there. And now you saw him. You saw him play. He's got a lot of heart. I mean, the guy dove head first to try and get that first down when he was in. But he's just not quite there. It's just not quite it yet. And you can see it. You watch, I mean, the people who watch him, he played for about a quarter and a half. And you can see why he's a third-string quarterback, why two different staffs now have put him as a third-string quarterback. And, hey, sometimes it's okay, man. Like, that's where you're at right now. You just got to work harder, put a little effort in, you know, get better at your craft, and you can move up the depth chart. I mean, not everyone starts out as a starter their first or second year. I didn't. I didn't in high school. I didn't in middle school. I didn't in college. So it's just, hey, you got to figure this stuff out and work your way through it. But I don't think there needs to be any kind of rush to put Bailey in whatsoever. Yeah, so I was going to agree with you um, about the run game, that it was – I thought the running back still did well with what they had. I, I thought they still had some nice shake. They still hit the holes. Um, but it was – they didn't have a lot more room. I, w- I was really hoping for us to absolutely blow them off the ball and have four or five yards a clip uh, with the running back running. And so that that was what concerned me. Um we cannot have – if we have a mesh meet like that, like you were talking about, against any of these other SEC teams, it's just going to be so brutal. It's going to be so frustrating, and that's little stuff you can't do. But I agree with you that I'm not going to take too much out of this game, just like I didn't take much out of Bowling Green. Bowling Green were like, whoa, the offense didn't look great. And then he comes back, and I thought he had a really nice day offensively, game planning and – scoring against Pitt now all you fans that we haven't mentioned it yet if you know it's pretty bad but Pitt lost this weekend to Western Michigan so that's tough to see I still do think Pitt is a I still think Pitt's an eight and four team and I still think they're pretty good I don't think um us losing to them was it was a bad thing like I said I still feel like we we lost it they didn't beat us type deal yeah um but, but let me let me see how we do this week and and let me see how we do against the pits I mean against uh, the South Carolinas and the Kentuckys and the Missouris and some of those teams and that's I'm, 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 I'm gonna wait to judge those more offensively than what I saw this weekend we won the game that's what matters and off offensive line is just my biggest concern going into Florida yeah and I, I think you know maybe that pit game was kind of like a just like a letdown after playing us where, you know, they're not quite expecting that much out of, was it Western Michigan? Yeah. Um, 
But there's been a lot of there's been a lot of upsets this year so far already, and I think yeah. Kenny Pickett. I think Kenny Pickett went out, so we'll we'll wait and see how Pitt finishes the year. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I agree with you that you know it's more vanilla. You can't really judge everything off of this game. Um, the third downs conversion rate was a little concerning, but I also was thinking, you know, Hypo looks as if he was planning on going for it on fourth down anyways on a couple of those yep. third downs. So it's like on third and six, he runs inside zone. Cause he's like, I'm not worried about it. I'm going for it on fourth down. This isn't a concern to me at all. Um, so I don't know if that factored into it, but you know, you're going to have to convert on those third downs versus Florida. That's the only way you're going to stay in the game, especially with how much they run the ball, um, yeah. how much they can control the clock on you. Cause I think I just looked at it, but they had more time possession than Bama. No, don't worry. I have I have the stats coming. Yeah, yeah. I have them. Coming. Um, let's um, let's jump into defense real quick on this Tennessee Tech, and then move on to the yeah. SEC Florida stuff. So, what what did you see defensively against Tech Tennessee Tech? Uh, you, you know, I like the flying around. Um, I was upset that Jawan Mitchell didn't get to play. He was a guy that I called out that I wanted to see more of. Apparently some kind of injury happened and he didn't get to. Um, but that almost seemed like they're figuring out their linebackers because with Jawan out, most of the game was Banks and Beasley. And they didn't rotate at all. So I don't know if that was just because Jawan was out they didn't rotate or maybe they're like, hey, we're starting to figure out who we want. Well, Solomon Pate still played. I mean, he, he still, still played. played. Yeah, he had but, a really nice pick, uh, pick six, actually. Yeah, but that was like towards the end. I mean, we were up 35 points when he had that. So it's like, right. you know, Beasley and Banks played most of the first half. So I don't know if they're like trying to figure that out. Um, turnovers, baby. Turnovers. I freaking love it. That's exactly what we talked about last week. And we got them. Okay, we got our picks. We had some forced fumbles. I loved that Flowers was going for the ball on that little slant. It ended up being an incomplete pass, and it wasn't a fumble. But he's still going for the tackle and punching at the ball, which is – that's the stuff that's going to cause turnovers is guys actually tackling and punching and tackling and ripping. Like, if you're not doing those kind of actions, then you're not really concerned about turnovers. You don't want to create turnovers. That has to happen – especially versus these teams that are better than us. I mean, just say it, getting stops, stopping them on third down and creating, you know, one or two turnovers, like we said in the beginning of the year, this high-powered offense will be okay. Um, so finally got that monkey off our back, had the turnovers. Uh, what else? I mean, just individual guys. I thought uh, Byron played well. He led the team in tackles in his first game, which is awesome. But I don't think they used him like they could have. I thought, you know, they ran a lot of games and, like, had him come inside. inside to yeah. a guard and center, like, both of them yeah. standing there to block him. I want him one-on-one -on -one with a tackle. Whatever you have to do, whether that's, you know, blitzing to the other side, whether that's, you know, sending a linebacker up the middle so the center can't come over and help and the guard's occupied. But I want one-on-one -on -one Byron in a tackle because I think he can win that. 70% of the time. I think he's that talented. Um, I think Butler had another amazing game. I mean, this guy's incredible right now. He's on a great run. He's number two rated going into this week. I think he's still going to be up there. And 
we're going to need him to step up huge versus Florida. Um, and then I wanted pressure with four, which is what I said last week. I wanted to have pressure with four guys rushing, and I don't think we even got it versus Tennessee Tech. So that upsets me. I don't know if it's because every time we rush for we run games, which is like twists for people who don't know what I mean by saying games, but I just want pressure on that quarterback. I, I'm glad that we faced a mobile quarterback before we play Florida. Bingo. Both of their guys are mobile. Um, and it kind of gives you a little bit of a feel for what it's going to be like. Um, but I will tell you what, our guys are going to be sick of this Florida Alabama film because we got to watch it to play Florida and we have to watch it to play Alabama because the plays that Florida runs and the plays that Bama run go perfect with our offense and with our defense. So we're going to be doing both, both all, all everybody's going to be watching this film going forward this year. People are going to get sick of it. I mean, every team is going to play Bama is going to watch this Florida film and be like, what the hell did they do to slow down Bama? What the hell did they do to take advantage of their defense? All that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I don't know where Bama is. They don't seem as uh, as big dog as they were before. Seem like there's a little chink in the armor, but we'll see as the you know season goes on. Yeah, I may have uh, jumped the gun a little bit, which I usually try not to be a product of the moment. I was very surprised by that Bama Florida game, um, but we'll get there. Uh, defensively, what I saw from Tech um, or from UT against Tennessee Tech. My number one thing that I was going to say is I loved um, that they had a mobile quarterback and I hated that he had to go out of the game because I thought that was very, very good practice and very good feel. And I thought he had some very nice plays. And that does make me a little concerned uh, heading into the just the running game in general that, that Florida is. Um, but, but I thought we flew around well. I thought Tech drew up a really nice play. Um, Teams just are coming after our aggression in the defensive backfield, and they ran a double pass, and it should have been a touchdown if the guy can throw it. So I don't think that's the last time we see that that this year, um, just because they know that we like to fly up on those screens. And I think and I, I was very I was very surprised in that play because we covered the double pass before that one correct very well. I was correct. like, okay, you guys did great, and then it was after a big turnover. That's the one time the offense is going to do a shot play. After a turnover, you have to expect a shot play on defense. You cannot expect it to just be a well, mundane screen off to the side. The reason that I felt like we did a good job, both uh, Alante Taylor and Jalen McCullough did good jobs on the first one. Um, the receivers, how the receivers came out, it was kind of like the two receivers were coming out anyways. And then you see the action in the backfield for the double pass. But on the second one, it was just a one receiver side. They throw it over and that one receiver kind of bananas in, acts like he's going to block and then comes back out. So it's like the corners coming up and the safeties having to get deep over there. So it was a better play design. And I think that was a reason why the first time we covered it well, the second time we didn't. Mm -hmm. um, but we'll see. We'll see that again. We will see that again from some teams. Um, and we just have to do a better job. Um, yeah, still good tackling. I thought uh, D-line played, played fine. Um, 
I don't know. There's a couple times where I saw Baron and Byron Young, and they brought them where they were just both chilling on the outside on each of their own outsides. I don't know if that was our QB spy thing. I, I felt like that QB didn't hurt us too much going outside, but coming straight up the field, um, which is always a concern. Byron Young looks like a dog, bro. I mean, he looks like what I was expecting, like swagged out. He looks like a different breed of athlete. The very first play of the game that I saw – he uh, did a stunt, came in, ran into, like you said, he ran into a daggum center and guard, and he still took both of them on and made the tackle or kind of stopped it. Yeah. I saw I saw another one where he actually gets all the way down, comes off, shoots his hand, absolutely stabs the tight end, and runs down the back of the – runs down the, the line of scrimmage from the, behind the play and makes a great play. So I think he would have helped uh, against Pitt, and I think it's great to have him back. He, he looks good. Um, I'll be honest, bro. Anytime Alante Taylor touches the ball, that boy can absolutely go. He, <laughs> he, he, he literally, he literally tweeted. He was like, I think people forgot how fast I was. Did he tweet that? That's funny. Yeah, he did. I like that. I was he, like, he, hell yeah, they did. They didn't realize you were freaking burner like that. Which makes me mad. Like he should never get burnt because like when we all say he has the physical tools, that boy has the physical tools. Like his straight ahead speed was naughty. Um, I would have loved to have seen him get that uh, pick six just, just for him, you know, personally, he's kind of had an up and down career, but um, he did a good job jumping. Uh, like you said, turnovers I was happy with. I love that we got a lot of guys in. Um, Hey, let me ask uh, you this, because you were talking about speed with Alante. I'm sorry to, like, cut you off and take you off I, tangent, but do you think Velas Jones Jr. is fast? I am confused by him. Sometimes I feel like he's fast, and then other times I feel like he's barely moving. So I'm the same way, So, and I'm bringing it up again because I am, I am a Titans fan, but I think he's, like, the perfect kind of comp in this way. But, like, Derrick Henry's the same way. Sometimes Derrick Henry takes off and he just looks so slow moving, but yet he's moving by people. And Velas Jones does that same thing for me. Like when Callaway takes off, Callaway looks fast. Like yeah. when Jalen Hyatt takes off, Hyatt looks fast. Alante Taylor looks fast. Like some of our DBs look fast. But like, yeah, Velas Jones just like, I know he's a burner because he's going by people, but I, I know what you're saying. It's just a weird, maybe he's just more smooth. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. I, I was um, so confused by it. They were like, yes, I want Velas. You know, I want him to have the ball more. He's so fast and stuff. I'm like, is he fast? Like, I, I really don't know. I mean, I know he had a like that good return that got called back, but like literally the whole return, I was like, somebody's gonna catch him, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. like this doesn't look yeah. like he's moving that fast. It is weird. It is weird. You're not. You're not. You're not the only one that. That's okay. I just that, wanted so. to make sure I wasn't crazy, but you can continue yeah. with your defense. No. Yes. So I'm. I was very impressed with Beasley again at. at um, and linebacker, I uh, man, I just for his sake, I wish he was about an inch and a half taller and about 15 pounds heavier because I think the way he plays, if he had that size, he could have a shot at, at the next level. But um, I was happy, you know, with some different stuff. I would have probably liked to have seen a little bit better on like the the QB not being able to kind of run free as much um, until he got hurt and went out. And then I, I mean. I felt like I saw big, big Amari Thomas a lot, and 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 Tennessee Tech did have a big old boy number seventy four. He <laughs> was a big boy, at either guard or tackle. But I felt like Amari Tom, like big Amari, he didn't get the push that I wanted to see. Um, Jay Blakely had a bad miss when he popped up, then he made up for it with a nice bat down. I'm just thinking of some of these 
different plays I saw. Um, so I'm happy Solomon Page had a great jump on the ball. And then for the young guys, I love to marry McDonald. Dude had a nice stick, a uh, very nice tackle coming up. He had a nice pick. Um, the people who've been clamoring for Morvin Joseph, they got some Morvin Joseph and they had him coming off the edge. He actually did have a nice play off the edge because he's an athletic Dude, uh, guy. Uh, Mohan, number 18, was flying around. Okay, I did not see him. So, he was, so that he, yeah, I just saw him like on a few plays back to back where it's like he's tackling the guy on the sideline, then he's over on the other side, like just sprinting down guys. And I'm like, you know, he's not he's not there yet, but here in the right. future, but he's young. He's still young. Yeah, he's, and he's, he's still, young. He's yeah. still a young guy. So it's like I I love to see the effort out of guys because a lot of times that's where it starts. It starts, right? Yeah. How much yeah. effort are you putting into being a better player, to being coachable, to, you know, studying film? Like, if I see effort on the field, then I know you care enough to be good. And sometimes I just see guys, I'm like, like, you're not trying. I need you to try more. I need you to put in that effort because that's, that's how I know, like, okay, you can be a good player because you just automatically have that. Like, efforts between you and you doesn't take any talent to do that. Right. Right. No, I agree. I agree with that. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 very, very, very excited to see our defense this week. This week is uh it's gonna show us everything. It's gonna show us absolutely everything that we need to know about this defense, how the D line plays, how the linebackers play, secondary, everybody. It's gonna be it's gonna be big time. So um let's talk a little bit about the SEC. Um yeah. You know, I would have loved for UTC. I mean, I didn't watch a snap of the UTC Kentucky game, but I was score checking that. And if yeah. they, if they had if if UTC had beat Kentucky, I'm telling you right now, my football season would have been half halfway made, and we're only, I guess, week two NFL, week three of college. And I, I'm not joking; like that would have been one of the greatest greatest things if UTC would have won. I would have I would have pooped my pants. I just would have been. Like, <laughs> I mean, it would have been amazing. I know. I was, I was, I was score checking too. I was hoping for the best um, because we joked before we got on, like watching the Tennessee game, snap, you know, horn to horn, and then watching the Florida Bamba game horn to horn. Like I wasn't watching that one. Um, but I, yeah, I was rooting for them so hard. I just, any time that Kentucky or Vandy loses is just like a great day because Amazing. even though, Tennessee has always beat them down. We have overall record that's so much more than both of them. Their fans will still talk shit to us and try and act like they're as yeah, good Kentucky's, as us. Kentucky's like, beaten us. Kentucky's beaten us, I think, three times since like the seventies or eighties. So it's yeah, like exactly. On, and 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 I think someone, I think I saw this on Twitter that someone was like, um, "Our win loss is one game different." than Kentucky since Stoops has gotten there. And that's when we had Butch and Pruitt. Like, <laughs> yeah. Since Stoops has gotten there, like 2016 to now, like our win, yeah. like we're one game off of win total with them. And it's like, they still think they're amazing. It's like, it we're, we're literally yeah. in the worst part we've ever been in Man. our history. And you guys yeah. are like, yeah, yeah, we're so good. You know, we have the same win percentage. Like. Shut well, up. what's funny is too. What's funny is too is I guess it was 2018 or 19, and they were ranked like number 10, and they came into to Nayland with uh, excuse me, Nealand, with uh, watch it had, there, Bacon. 
I know, and we had Pruitt that year, and we beat them like 24 to like nine or whatever, and it was just so funny. It was like they're having their best year of football at the time, and they come in ranked top 10, and we still beat them, and it was a pretty like easy, like Pruitt actually had a hell of a defensive game uh, game plan that day. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, we talked about Memphis and Mississippi State. It was great. I was pumped for my Tigers, Memphis Tigers. If some of you know that we've talked about, I was I, – was at a season down there in Memphis and played football there. So I always still try to pull for them. Um, so that was great to see. I don't know what other SEC games are out there. Arkansas well, I mean, keeps, well, keeps well, rolling. The Memphis-Mississippi State game, let's talk about the, the punt. So that has been a huge topic of discussion is should the punt been downed, all that kind of stuff. Here's where I'm at. I've been taught all through playing football, you pick that ball up and you hand it to the ref. If you don't do that, they can pick it up and advance it with no risk involved. No risk. Yeah. If they pick it up, advance it and fumble it, they'll put the ball back wherever you touch it. But if they pick it up, advance it and touchdown, it's a touchdown. So I've always heard you got to hand the ball to the ref. They can take advantage of that. Now the part where I think it's unfair is the ref starting to wave the ball dead and then the guy picks it up. Like, well, ref throws down the little, you know, black ball he has or whatever to say, like, this is where it was touched, and then he starts waving his hands. I don't I have no idea if he whistled. I didn't hear it on the video, but he starts waving his hands, like, hey, I'm downing this, and then the guy picks it up. I think that part is unfair where Mississippi State guys are like, bro, you just waved it off. And overall this weekend in just football in general, the ref – have been atrocious. Well, Memphis also, Memphis, also, Memphis also had two guys with number four. Yeah, they had two. They had two number fours on the on the punt return team. <laughs> yeah, should have been a penalty in the first Let's place. Go like, Tigers should have stayed, stayed Mississippi State's ball on the punt. Like I like, it's crazy the, the like, fact you, that they got away yeah. with that. Um, yeah, and then the the officiating in that Penn State Auburn game. I'm telling you. My they had dad, him punt on third down. I know, I know, I know. And my dad is like, he's he's awesome, and he loves football, but he doesn't like get too too much into it unless it's usually a Tennessee balls game. Um, but even last night, he and I got to sit and watch that game, and he was like so pissed about the targeting call. And I I get it too. And 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 he we were talking about one that earlier in the day where guy was coming in defensively with the shoulder put his helmet to the side, but it's the same thing all the time is the receivers catch it and crouch and kind of – and so then it then it's a targeting. But that one in the Penn State game to say that it was targeting because if the guy is on or near near the ground, then they are defenseless. That is so – such a bad – that's such – this is so bad for football because there's so many guys that are getting close to a first down, getting close to a touchdown, and – He would have scored. He would well, have scored and, for yes, sure. And these and these running backs and these offense players are so good at keeping those hands down. Some of these little scat back running backs that are five, seven, five, eight, five, nine, and their balance is incredible. They literally are going down and, and put their hand down and keep going. And if you don't come in and tackle them or blast them, like they, they'll they will score. And like you said, that guy was gonna score. That was a hell of a defensive play. Effort coming down, he used his shoulder and he cleans him out. I mean. You were taught, like I said last podcast, I love goal line stands. You were taught play is 
play to the whistle, play to that is across the line of scrimmage. And it wasn't, I mean, across the goal line. And it wasn't across the goal line. And it, it's just, I, I hate seeing that. And I told my dad, I was like, if that happens against tennis, like in a Tennessee game, like I'm going to be furious. Like it, I just would, I'd be so pissed. Yeah, I would have freaked out. I mean, it's also like, do they realize running backs and wide receivers practice in individual drills, putting their hand on the ground to stay up? Like that is a part of the game. They they practice that. Like, hey, here you got tripped up. Now you got to put your hand down and keep running. So, it, it, being near the ground should not identify that as anything. I, I like. Getting a first down, getting a touchdown, crossing that certain line is very important throughout a game. Like if a quarterback is running the ball and dives forward to try and get a first down and someone hits him to stop him from getting it, that shouldn't be a targeting. That shouldn't be a penalty. Hey, he's diving forward. He's not giving himself up sliding. He's trying for that extra thing. And my job as a defensive player is to prevent him from doing that which I thought McLean did a perfect job at because even like watch him go for him. He literally like pokes his shoulder out so that he can hit him with his shoulder, not his head. And it just sucks that first you're going to have the penalty and set him up first and goal, but also he gets kicked out of the game for doing a routine play that he is coached to do that can save his team the win and he gets kicked out for it. I just, I just absolutely hate it. There, there needs to be something, I mean, committee, bring people in think tank, something to try and fix this, this targeting penalty, everything. It's just not what it needs to be in college. It's, it's garbage. Um, And yeah, I, I hate to see that. And I just really hope, uh, for UT sake, that crap doesn't happen to us. All right, the big game of the weekend, which was Florida-Bama. Let me just read off some stats for you UT fans out there. If you guys didn't get to watch the game, or even if you watched the game and you might not know this, total yards, 439 to 324 in favor of Florida. That's scary. They had 181 passing yards to Bama's 233. Now, this is crazy, bro. Rushing yards for Florida, 258 rushing yards against an Alabama defense. That is scary. And, well, it's really scary. Yards per play, 6.3. First downs, 26. They were 5 of 12 on third down. They were 50%, 1 of 2 on fourth down. They ran 70 total plays. I mean, hell, they even had the better penalties. Uh, They had only seven penalties for 67 yards. and possession. And Bama had 11 for 75. And then, yeah, they had time of possession 31-55. I mean, yes, it's probably a little bit nerve-wracking for me because I really did think Bama was just in a league of their own this year. And it seems like that's not the case. But it also is making – it is means that Florida's better than than I thought. Um, and it, the, their run game really scares me. Their mobile quarterback really scares me. Their defensive line really scares me, but Dan Mullen scares me the most. I love Heupel and I trust Heupel, but Dan Mullen, I think, is sitting back and, like, licking his chops to get a chance at this defense um, because we are undersized in some spots. We're probably less talented in some spots. We don't have the depth, but uh, we're pretty aggressive, too, in the back end. I think he's going to take advantage of that. So, 
uh, needless to say, I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty worried about it. Yeah, I I don't know if you can put a lot on, you know, having success versus a Bama defense. Now they you know they're full of five stars, but it's not the same Bama defense that was holding teams under ten points every game. Agreed. Agreed. You know what I mean? Like like Ole Miss put up near fifty last year. Florida put up 46 last year on the SEC championship on Bama defense. So that part is not concerning. Um, and then I think Young, the quarterback for Bama, this is this was his first test. I mean, this is the first real test right. he had playing, and it's in the swamp, and it's versus a pretty good defense in Florida, who it always is. And I think he kind of got exposed where – he doesn't really have a good deep ball. He doesn't like, he didn't really, they were talking about it even on the broadcast. Like he really doesn't have good completions further than 15 yards, everything dink and dunk, but Bama had a lot of success doing that is I'll just get it. I'll just get to the guy on the flat and he'll make a guy miss. I thought that was something that I saw and gave me hope where the tackling, the open field tackling of Florida was not what it needs to be. I am by not like I understand it's Alabama and those guys are really good, but watching it, I was like, bro, we're better at open field tackling than Florida is. And I know it's yeah. like versus Pitt and in Bowling Green, Texas or Tennessee Tech, but like getting to the ball, shooting your shot, wrapping up, like that is for everyone the same thing. So I, I you know. That gave me hope seeing that kind of stuff, seeing what Bama was able to do to their defense gave me hope for what we can do offensively for sure. I, I will agree about the – which I – it just pisses me off to say this, but I thought some of the formations and the actual screen, the quick screen game, I, I loved how Bama designed it. Um, I thought their guys did a really good job blocking it, but it did give me hope because Florida's about to see that again. Um, just like we're going to see it from Florida, and, and these and these corners are going to have to do a good job uh, attacking it. Um, but but I agree with you; that is one of the same things that that I saw as well. Um, and I I can promise you, we're still going to be taking some deep deep shots on them. Oh, if, for sure. If, if if we have the time, if the quarterback has the time. Uh, if the offensive line gives them enough time. There will be a few plays where we're throwing a deep ball and the quarterback gets hit. Like, it's going to happen. I know. The offensive line is going to struggle blocking, and they're going to go one-on-one the outside. And our quarterbacks are trained. If you get one-on-one, take it. I don't care who it is, but take it. And I'll tell you this, watching the game, the one guy that I want to attack more is that number 24, Helm, for Florida. I feel like he is more of a liability. Elam, number five for Florida, is a dog. That guy can is, cover whoever he wants. Is he? Is he's not? Is he related to Matt Elam that used to play there? That was a safety back in the day. Because earlier you were talking about the corners for for Florida, which their corners are always good, but their safeties since you've been since their safeties probably since the past ten years at Florida have all been just dogs, bro. Like. Yeah. Um, I remember when we talked to we talked to Dobbs and he was talking about when Keon O'Neill, who's actually playing linebacker now for the Cowboys, he was a safety. Um, I think he's a first round draft pick by the by the Falcons. That boy was coming up and popping people. Then they had Marcus May, they had Reggie um, Jenkins or Jack. When we were when I was in high, high school, they had Jenkins back there. 
They had Ahmad Black. Dude, they, their safeties are always hard-hitting, physical, uh, you know, just good, good players. So yeah, I, I mean, It's really just their whole DB room is just insane. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, But like I said, number five, Elam, is a very good corner. I mean, I could see him winning awards after the year. Like, the, just what he was able to do one-on-one versus – the you know elite Alabama receivers as they're known uh, like I don't I, like I w- was watching it and like I feel uncomfortable throwing 50-50 balls to his side now the other side number 24 who's helm I thought he's a liability I thought he was getting broken down by the Bama receivers I mean juked out uh they were going up over him uh, he had one play I I saw you know he was on the back of one of the receiver reached around knocked the ball down but Besides that, like, I, I think he is someone that Heupel needs to see in film, pay attention to, and take advantage of. Because I don't think he is – I think he is a tier below Elam on the other side. Well, and another thing is, too, that I was thinking about, it's so nice that they lost two massive, massive players in uh, Kadarius Tony and um, Kyle Pitts. And I actually went to the Florida game last year. It was really weird going to ne- to Neyland in uh, COVID year. But, like, that was never a game that Florida was going to lose. But I was pretty happy with how we competed in it and how we played. And so that alone kind of gives me some confidence that there's still some guys on this team that have seen Florida and not them having those two superstars um, d- does make me feel it- it- it's nice that one of those guys still isn't on the team. Yeah, I mean, their offense is completely different than it was last year. I mean, yes. throwing the ball around with Trask and, you know, getting it to, you know, Pitts and Tony, like he said. Now it's just, hey, we're running the ball with Emory. And, bro, I just have a sinking feeling because it happens every time. It feels like every time we play Florida that their starting quarterback gets hurt and their oh backup comes in and has the game of his life. Seriously, and that it happens and to us every time. Player. And and Florida fans already want the backup in. I know, even though Emory played the way he did, they already want Richardson, or that's what his, I think his name is. That they already want him in. They already see him as a better player. And I can, I, I mean, I can see it now. Emory Jones getting hurt in the in the middle of the second quarter, getting rolled up on. You know, Gator tackled, twisted ankle. Richardson comes in. He freaking balls out. Defense isn't prepared for him because they didn't watch any film on him and just crushes us. And it, it just makes me so nervous and infuriated because it has happened <laughs> so many times to us. It's insane. It still it still infuriates me when we lost the neon tree on nine to ten or like nine to twelve or whatever. I mean, but the whole backup quarterback thing is has been a. Oh, that's all I'll say about it. It's Fle- just, a little it's, Felipe Franks coming in. Oh, my gosh. Chuck it deep on the Hail Mary. Jeez, give me a break. It's, it's Felipe freaking give me a break, Franks. <laughs> give me a break, Franks. God. <laughs> um, golly, though, I cannot wait to see the the swamp at night, how we play, the energy. I, I just – I really want to see how we – uh, manage the atmosphere. Um, yeah. So you told jump, me you're you're the one who told me that they were going to be a night game, and you were worried yeah. about that. Yes. Now I told you as a player I wouldn't be, but why? Like 
what makes you wor- more worried about a night game than, say, a three or a 12 game? I just feel like – and I, it, when I was going back and re-watching one of our pods, I missaid this. I was nervous about the pit game because it was a nooner, and I feel like a nooner gives the advantage to the away team is what I meant to say on that pod. And so, like, if it was a noon game, I think the the fans aren't there yet. It's just kind of whatever. But a 3.30 game or a night game, I think it's just the home team is – ruckus it's fired up the fans are fired up everybody's going nuts and loud and all that stuff so as a fan and we're going to an an opposing place I want it to be an early game kind of like it was when we had it when we upset Auburn a couple years ago they were kind of sleepwalking and we came at him in the mouth and won those 50-50 balls on the outside and it was it was a great win for Tennessee um so that's that's why but it's going to be awesome and I'm excited for our players and um it's a big showcase. We've had one showcase on ESPN already with, uh, I know Bowling Green, yes, but I, I really felt like that noon against Pitt was a good showcase for us. And now this one's nighttime, primetime, ESPN. Like I just, like I told you early on, way back many, many moons ago, podcast ago, I just want us to compete and I want us to look good. And so for me, um, the players I'm going to watch, uh, this week is um, offensively. I'm going. I'm going Cooper Mays and then and and Spragans. Like, don't care if I've already said both their names. Like, I think they're the most important. Um, so I'm watching the O line and then um, defensively. Defensively, I'm probably going to watch watch Juwan Mitchell or, or Banks because I want to see. They're going to be in. Um, they're going to have to really bring the big boy pants because they're going to be stopping the run and they're also going to be having to go against a mobile quarterback and they're going to have to be really diverse with playing in space, taking on blocks, just the whole thing. It's, it's so that that's kind of where I'm at in this game. Now I want to hear the players that you want to watch. And I also want to hear maybe a story or something from a Florida week or from your time. And it's so funny that all the the new listeners that we're getting never heard the big orange juice and and we will bring the big orange juice back and to tell you folks that didn't watch the podcast when we first started the big orange juice was something that Kyler and I did was a story that was kind of a juicy story um, that people didn't know about a lot of times mine were about um, donors and giving money out and some stuff like that and we will retell these stories at some point because I think they're really neat. And I think now that we've got more viewers, you guys will like them. And a lot of Kyler's juicy stories were stuff that I used to call and ask him, like about different players, about practice, about coaches, about all that stuff. So not to put you on the spot because I didn't tell you to get a big, big orange juice uh, story ready, but just anything from your Florida week or Florida game. I know your senior year, you told me that you cried after that game and it was one of the worst losses for you. And as a fan, that was such a crushing blow for me because I was watching and I, I vividly still now remember uh, Jalen Hurd running like right off your butt and we went up with like four minutes to go. And I was like, and you were so hyped. And I remember seeing you and I was like, let's go, steady, steady, let's go, boy. Like I was just getting dumb hype and then we lost. And it was inside it was zone to the left on third and 10. Ran yeah. 25 right off my butt. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was. So, anyways, t- tell me, tell me some stuff. Uh, so, well. I'll I'll tell you my players to watch. Um, I think the most important group 
this week is going to be the interior defensive line. Watching the offensive line of Florida, I was very impressed with their movement of the line of scrimmage and literally moving it two to three yards back. And, you know, you said the linebackers. I'm saying the defensive linemen because they need to hold up two blockers. They need to be able to hold that guard and center there and let the linebackers run free. Um, I think it's going to be very important. I'm going to call out Elijah. Uh, I think, you know, we've talked about Butler. I think he's doing a really good job. I think some of the other guys are stepping up. I haven't heard anything from, since the first game from Elijah. So, right. And with his size and athleticism, it's, it's something that he can do. Like, I know he can. If you couldn't do it, then I wouldn't put any trust in you. Like, if I didn't think you had the ability, then that's fine. Just give all, all the effort you can. But you have the ability to stop these guys and let our run, linebackers run free. I will say this before I move to my offensive guy. The uh, option that they run, they don't run all just read option. They literally run an option, like pitch option, read right. the end. I think Theo Jackson is going to be so important for that. He's going to be the guy that has to take that running back away. And our defensive ends, and Tyler Barron, Byron Young, Jay Blakely, like they need to stay home and stay on Emory because that's what, what happens is you not trusting the guy behind you or next to you that they're going to make the play and you take off for the wrong guy. And that's that's how the option just kills people. So Well, this is also going to be a massive game for the entire secondary of getting off blocks and open field tackling because like if a safety's coming down as a safety you play the alley on an option like that and if you if you make the wrong decision i mean it could go it can go a house call um yeah. real quick you're, you're really the quick. safety you're the last line of defense if you miss Correct. it's gone yes and and those and those like you said true options not read options but true like speed options it's um yeah it's tough yeah so offensive side of the ball, I mean, you already said, you know, the offensive line, which I think is going to be important. Um, but I think something, and you know, I mentioned it before, Florida is going to play man coverage on our wide receivers. So it's going to be very, very important for those guys to get open when there is man coverage. So individual player, um, I think I'm going to, I want to kind of change it up, but I also want to call out Jalen again and hope that he can make a play on one of these corners. He can go for that jump ball. I'm just really needing our wide receivers to be able to get open on a third and long, knowing that they're going to play man and probably send a blitz. Like you guys need to get open on third and long. You know, we had, you know, before – even though we lost those games, we had like Juwan Jennings and Marquez Callaway, where it's like on third and long, those guys will get open or they will catch a 50-50 ball over a DB. It didn't matter who it was. And, you know, through the first three games, it's not – there hasn't been someone to pop out like that necessarily. So, so Jalen Hyatt's – I mean, someone called needs to call KPD because that boy had been missing all season. <laughs> I mean, I mean – yeah, I literally haven't seen him. There was a lot of hype around him because of the success he had last year. So it's, hey, we need like we need good performance out of our wider series this week. It's so so very important. Um, 
And I'm just hoping that, you know, whoever does play at quarterback, whether it be Joe or Hendon, that they realize running the ball, it was designed pass play. If they take off and run and get two, three yards, that's not a bad thing. Because I thought there were times where uh, the quarterback for Alabama, Young, should have just taken off where he's looking downfield, he's trying to make a throw downfield, and it's like, I appreciate you doing that and want to do that, but sometimes you just got to take off, man. Just get five yards. Like, I know you got the feet. You can do it. Just just get a little bit of yardage. I think Hendon's better at that than Joe is, so, I, you know, I don't have a worry in that, but if stuff is covered, take off because it's going to be covered. Like, that is going to happen in the game. Go ahead and get some positive yardage. Even if it is a third and long, you don't think you can get the first. Let's play the field position battle. Let's. I just want to play. I just want to take care of the ball. Just, yeah. I just need the. I just need the quarterback to take care of the ball and not look like a complete clown. Yeah, because we're, yeah. you know, minus two in turnover margin right now for the t- for the year. So let's get back to even and maybe in the plus. That's that's what we need, is to get you know get a little bit more turnovers, and not have as many on our side. Um, it's going to be paramount in a game like this. I mean. Like we were talking about earlier, um, you know, covering that, covering that uh, spread, keeping it closed, making a fourth fourth quarter game. Um, turnovers is going to play a huge part in that, and so I'm also interested to see what Heupel does, how fast he goes, and if we have success with it, great. But if we don't have success, and it feels like our defense has been out there for nine hours, and it, we look up, and there's still four minutes ago in the first quarter, you know, I want to, I want to see what he does, but um, okay. Do you have anything like off, like, you know, former player for, for us for, for Florida week? Well, I'm trying to think if I have like an interesting story, um, but I mean, <laughs> I never beat Florida. So it was always very painful uh, whenever we did play. Um I don't know if I necessarily have one, you know, I wish there was like a fight or something that broke out. Um, yeah. I mean, all I can say is, you know, I hate Florida. Uh, you know, like you said, my senior year, we lost that game, balled my eyes out. You know, I thought we had it. We we're up 13 late in the fourth quarter. Um, Thanks much. Yeah. They, well, <laughs> they scored twice. <laughs> they scored twice and then you know we even drove down to attempt a 50-yard field goal and missed it by like a foot so um it just it just it just stung so much it was something that you know I wasn't able to get the previous four years and I thought like okay this is my last opportunity like I have to get it here and you know that that one that one hurt a lot and I think I think that had to do with how well I played versus Georgia because I wasn't going to have that happen again. And Georgia, my senior year was the best game that I played throughout my entire career. I felt. You're you know, saying the pe- reason that you're saying the reason you played so well against Georgia is because that game against Florida. I think it had something to do with it. I mean, I was yeah. very locked in for that game. I think the loss of Florida had something to do with that, where it's like, don't, don't have that feeling happen to you again kind of thing. Um, And I was just so hype and so locked in. And I, 
a, you know, people talk about like athletes being in the zone and there's only a certain amount of times that you, that you get there. It's not, it's not easy to just be there all the time every week. And I was in the zone that game. Like I, I was not distracted by anything. I knew exactly what was going on every play, every single play, whoever was lined up across from me, all I was thinking is like, I'm going to murder you. Like I'm going to make your life a living hell. I'm going to hit you as hard as I possibly can. I'm going to make it the worst thing possible on you. Like you're not going to have a good day because you're lined up over me. And that's what happened. I didn't give up any pressures. I had a ton of pancakes. Like I played the best game that I, that I ever played. We ended up winning that game coming from behind. And it was such a great feeling to have because didn't have any Florida wins didn't have didn't have a, a Georgia win under my belt playing until then it was something that okay like I got I got one of those big dogs in the SEC off of my back um, what about uh what about all the times we talked about when you played you had to guard uh, go up against Dante Fowler the year that he was number three overall from Florida <laughs> yeah that was a lot of fun um that was either second or third game playing left tackle so still didn't like have my footwork correct because I was so used to playing on the right side and I mean Dante Fowler just took me to the dang cleaners man I mean I I it was funny because I watched film with Juwan James after that because he came in to watch the Georgia game after like he came in and was visiting with us or something like that I remember like, okay, what did I do here? What did I do wrong? And he was like, actually, I mean, that was a really good punch right there. It's just like, he just did a better job. Like, <laughs> and I was like, like, what do you want me to do with this, man? Like, he's just you. I mean, uh, had- you need to give you need to give yourself some credit. You he did not take you to the the cleaners that day. I, I think he had one sack on you, but I thought you held your two sacks. So I, but I thought you held your own really darn well for like you said your third game playing tackle uh left tackle excuse me yeah, so he had, he, had, he had two sacks on me um one was played on draft night when he was picked number three overall uh which he just I mean I I went for a left-handed punch right in his chest and he slapped down my arm and you know got around me and then um the other one it was uh kind of a bull rush he put his hands up into my face mask lifted my head up but I stopped his momentum but with his other hand, he reached over my over. shoulder yeah. and grabbed the hold of Worley's jersey. And then Worley felt it and fell. Yeah. So that was the second sack. Um, but one play <laughs> I remember that I've told people about just to explain how athletic he was and fast was uh, they ran a stunt, uh, had a blitz coming off of my edge on the left side. I had running back help. So running back picks up the blitz. He comes inside. He, you know, he slants inside my face. I had to pick him up because guard's still busy with whoever. So he's slanting inside my face. I stab with my inside hand. I stop his momentum. He immediately swipes at my outside shoulder and swims to the outside. I feel that he does that. I set back. I shove my hand in there. He immediately goes the other way, slaps, swims. I felt that and I shit my hair he goes the other way he swam me four times in one play it was so fast 
And literally, I watched film. It happened so fast. I was literally backing up, just doing this. <laughs> like, like that's all that was happening is i was just going backwards going like this as he's moving his entire body swim 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 <laughs> on me and luckily whirly got rid of the ball and nothing happened but that was just like in my head i'm like oh shit oh shit oh shit oh shit oh shit oh shit like yeah. trying to block this guy because hey. he really was he really was that talented so i mean some that, of those guys some of those guys are just different breeds, man. It's insane. I mean, it's insane. And then, like, people really – he did – I mean, he did such a great job throughout the entire season. But, like, people – he really got put on the map during the bowl game where he had, like, four or five sacks and was dancing in front of these tackles. It was just, like – literally did not give a shit about them. It was just, like, I'm yeah. so much better than you. Like, I'm going to get a sack here. There's nothing yeah. you can do about it. And Bro. people were like, oh, wow, Dante Fowler, he's really good. And then he gets picked three overall. I'm like, hey, I made it on draft day. Like, <laughs> even though I was giving up a sack, I still made it. But um, – Well, people – people, I mean, to be in the NFL, you're the freak of the freak, the best of the best. To be a first-round draft pick's insane. And he goes top – he goes top three. I mean, like, it's just – it's it's – and I love hearing you talk about it, too, because I know – you're just like I am. Like I can recall anything when I played. Like I remember almost like every play, good, bad, whatever. Hell, I, I could, I could sit here and tell people about some good old uh, flag football memories. <laughs> oh, I can tell, I can tell stories about JV football in high school. Sophomore. Seriously, yeah, 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 absolutely, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's just how it is. Is like you just, you just remember those so much. So, but anyways, great podcast. I can't be loud because now I'm not in a home by myself. <laughs> so I can't say, let's see. But yeah. hey, big week this week. I'm fired up to see how we do. Super excited. Um, yeah. So thank you guys for watching, listening. Uh, I see you guys making some friends in those comments section. I absolutely love it. Please keep ripping Reed apart um, and tell them that he sucks because I find so much joy in that. Whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, if they think that, that's fine. But if you don't think that, like, if you think I do pretty good, we can hear that too. <laughs> yes, I, I, I did see some comments that were arguing back and forth about your rambling. One guy was like, I don't like it. The other one was like, I do like it. It gives, a, it gives a, us a look into, you know, how we're feeling also. He's like, I want to hear Kyler talking. He's like, yeah, but Reed has some good points too. So I'm like, yeah, this is good. Like, y'all are talking, making friends in the comment section. I love it. Um. So, yeah, subscribe, like, follow, rate, you know, listen to it on your podcast in the car, too. Uh, get those numbers up. Um, as always, we're presented by Bet Online. If you guys want to reach out to us, uh, social medias at Kyler Kerbison on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, uh, at rbacon26 on Twitter, and then at Believe in Tennessee on Twitter. Um, and then email believe in Tennessee football at gmail.com and phone number 865 322 9232. So love to hear from you guys. We've said it almost every week, but love criticism, love comments, love interacting with you guys. So please, more and more, as much as you can. Uh, love to see it. And let's go beat some freaking gators this week, huh? How about it? As always, go balls.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.